That's what today's episode is all about. Cotton candy grapes. If you guys have ever had one of these, it's, if you closed your eyes, you would be like, who put cotton candy in my mouth with this grape? It's truly insane. Have you ever wondered how it made it to your table? Have you ever wondered how it made it to your shelf? If you love food, then this is the show for you. Bites of history with Irene. Just a quick right up the top. Thank you for everybody who listened to last week's first real episode all about butter. If you guys have not heard that yet, this isn't like an episodic series, but go check it out after this one. It's really good. I promise. Also right off the top, I would like to say thank you to my sources for today's episode. NorthShore.org, WideOpenEats.com, Bakersfield.com, IFG.world, Wikipedia.com, and TheLATimes.com. I want to take a little moment. Let's close our eyes together and just think for a second how much work goes into every item that's at our local grocery store. Doesn't matter if it's Trader Joe's, Sprouts, Kroger, Vons, Albertsons, you know, Publix. I know that that's one, not where I am, but I know it exists. Just think about that for one second. There is so, so much time and energy that goes into the recipe testing aspect, the packaging testing, the marketing, the pricing, the buyers, the distribution, getting things from one place to another. So much goes into what we're picking up. It might not seem like it, but produce has a lot of that going on as well. It probably seems like you might just pick up a peach at Ralph's and it was on a truck before that and before that it was on a tree. But so much went into that one little piece of fruit that you picked up. And that fruit is also having to compete with like much sexier snacks. Like, I don't know why I was that aggressive about it, but it's true. It has to compete with, you know, fast food and snacks and packaged foods and cookies and chips and all these things that are like also delicious, but kind of easier to just pick up and grab. But like, think about that. Like, I hope that fruit gets to be a part of your life because it's truly one of the largest joys of mine. Like a good piece of fruit, a plump strawberry, a really good spoonful of like pomegranate arils. Yes. If you were wondering what those little pomegranate seeds are called, they're called arils. I'm sure we'll have an episode about pomegranates at some point. Or like a really crisp, cold, crunchy grape. A crunchy grape is one of my favorite experiences in life. And I've done a lot of fun shit, honestly, (laughs) but a good grape. And it's not only one of my simple joys, it is a lot of people's simple joy because the table grape industry is about a billion dollar a year industry. And if you're wondering what a table grape is, it's any grape that is meant for fresh consumption, as opposed to like wine, juice, raisins, things like that. Table grape, you're just meant to like wash and eat, you know? Also, just so everybody knows, California is the number one grape state, (laughs) which I think is cute because it rhymes. Anyway, if you couldn't tell, this episode's about grapes and one type of grape in particular, the cotton candy grape. Here's what's up. Grapes are on a lot of people's minds. One of those people who is a leader in our table grape industry is Mr. David Kane. He's going to be kind of the star of our show. And it all starts in an unlikely place, but Bakersfield, California. I only say that because Bakersfield is kind of like a place people make fun of in California. I've never been there, so I can't speak to it. I'm sure it's great. I know a guy who went to college there and he's super hot. So, you know, who cares? Anyway, (laughs) so back to David Kane. Let's place ourselves 
in Bakersfield, California, where Kane has started his work with food at the Department of Agriculture. He's there for a while and then sort of like moseys on over to this place called International Food Genetics. Now, when looking on their website, their whole mission is to be the leading provider of fruit varieties in the world using natural breeding practices. So Kane is at this place that it's really important to create new food varieties, they want to do it naturally. And by natural practices, they mean crossbreeding as opposed to genetic modification. And if you're wondering what the difference between crossbreeding and genetic modification is, very, very simply put, crossbreeding is putting two breeds together when they may not have normally met previously, whereas genetic modification is actually getting into the genetic material like the DNA and tinkering around with it. So being like, oh, we want this watermelon not to create seeds anymore. So now we have seedless watermelon. Whereas crossbreeding is like, we like the way that this orange peels, but we like the taste of this orange. Let's put them together. This is obviously a much denser topic than I'm explaining in this, you know, eight second (laughs) introduction. So if you would like an episode just on that, we can totally do it. But that's the bare bones of it. And as you could imagine, crossbreeding takes years. And that's what David Kane is focusing on. We really honestly stand David Kane, and Kane stands grapes. His obsession really starts at this trade show in the early aughts, like 2001, 2002. And if you're if you have no idea what a trade show for grapes might look like, it's just a big old convention where everybody has different grapes that they've grown, different fruit that they're producing, and it's for buyers like David and people who are working on different types of fruit and things like that. As he's kind of puttering around, seeing what's up, seeing what options there are, he comes upon this purple Concord grape variety that was low-key really bad. (laughs) He didn't like really anything about it, was kind of mushy, the skin sort of peeled off. It just wasn't a grape he wanted to vibe with except the flavor of it was literally cotton candy. And he knew that he had to take this to a wider market and create a better grape with the qualities that he wanted and the flavor that he had now found. He knew that he wanted a really crisp grape, a chunky grape, and he wanted it to be where the skin stays on. So the skin contact is still there and it doesn't just like squish off like the Concord he had originally had. With the 80 plus acres of testing area that he was able to use, he was crossbreeding this Concord with grapes that ripened quicker, grapes that had better color, grapes that were crunchier, crispier, all of these things he had to think about. And he ended up choosing this super crispy, juicy green grape to crossbreed the Concord one with. And in 2010, the breed was patented. So you can imagine this is like an eight year process from concept to finished product. That's so much effort. He would go through these vines and vines and vines and acres of grapes, just trying to find this one perfect combination. That's just so much effort. I like, I cannot get over it. And the other thing about this grape that is so interesting is it really is no sweeter than any other grape. It's not injected with anything. It's not coated with anything. It is just a grape that tastes literally exactly like cotton candy. And it came to us through years and years and years of research, a decade of research, basically, that this guy put in to make a grape that tastes like cotton candy. So it's not crazy that it's $5 a pound, you know, especially if you really like cotton candy. Also, nutritionists do say that it is like slightly higher in sugar, but like definitely not enough to like even note or care about. So if that's something you were like, oh, well, I bet it's so much like more sugary, it's not. 
So all of this to say, David Kane, thank you so much for your contribution to the Table Grape community. I know that my life has been significantly enhanced because of you. So thank you for that. And you guys, next time you're in the produce section, keep an eye out for these cotton candy grapes. Even if you just get a tiny little bag just to try them, it really is kind of a crazy experience to taste something that just is exactly the opposite of what you're thinking. Like we all know what a grape tastes like, but to bite into it and have it be cotton candy, it's really fun. It's also a great way to kind of just like encourage kids or people who aren't super into fruits and veggies to try something new because it's literally just like candy. And if grapes aren't really your vibe, maybe the next time you're in the grocery store and you're in the produce section, pick up something you never really thought you'd try because a lot of work went into it and it might just be your new favorite little bite. I hope that you guys liked that little bite of history and I will see you again next week. Let me know in the comments what you would like me to research and what we should do an episode on next. You can check me out on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Irene Walton. You can go to my Instagram at homemade by Irene, and you can check out my YouTube channel at Irene Walton as well. Thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to take a bite out of history with you next week. Bye. <laughs>